Chapter 52 Mutilated The opossums were clearly groggy because their pounce was more like a short lunge that ended in a flop and roll. Nix nearly dropped from the ladder, but between the psycho demon lady and the half-asleep marsupials, she liked her chances with the opossums. Also, that option didn't include a 15-foot drop. She pulled herself into the treehouse and in the same movement swung her leg around to kick one of the opossums in the face. It screeched and fell over dramatically. The other opossum stood scrabbling for Nix and skittered over to his friend. It was actually kind of sweet. Nix crawled into a corner opposite the beasts. Stay back, she shouted at them, the moment they seemed content to huddle by the tree, occasionally looking at Nix as if she owed them an apology. Once she was fairly certain they weren't going to lunge at her again, Nix crawled back to the ladder and peered down the hole. A bloody hand grabbed her hair and pulled. Nix's scream was probably heard in New Jersey. The demon once again proved its stupidity by wrapping its other hand into Nix's hair and pushing free of the tree. Lovely. Mrs. Cherry wasn't a large woman, but she was no pixie either. All of her weight was now being supported by Nix's hair follicles. It didn't feel great. And it was a dang good thing Nix weighed more than the woman, because Nix probably would have been pulled right through the hole to her death, or at least a very unpleasant maiming. For once, her slow metabolism didn't seem so contemptible. Suddenly, Stinky, wet fur surrounded her. If Nix hadn't already been screaming as loudly as she could, she would have started again. The little beasts were taking advantage of Nix's situation to chew her other ear off. But they didn't bite or scratch Nix. They just pushed their fat butts through the space between the floor and the trunk. Oh, they were just escaping. Apparently Nix's I'm-going-to-die scream was making it hard for them to nap. What happened next was half a mystery, mostly because half of Nix's field of vision was blocked by the portion of her hair Mrs. Cherry wasn't swinging on. What she did see was a whole lot of thrashing fur. The hissing and jaw snapping was terrifying, until she realized they were directed at Mrs. Cherry. One of the creatures must have crawled onto the woman, because the pull on Nix's hair doubled. Nix was no longer screaming. She was in shock. Her head was moments away from being ripped off her body. Then the weight was gone. Nix could think again, and her neck no longer felt like it was breaking. She rolled over onto her back and scream-cried. Nix wasn't sure how long she stayed like that before a female voice shouted her name. It didn't sound like Mrs. Cherry. Nix, are you okay? A British accent. It was Mrs. Padilla. Nix tried to respond, but she literally couldn't stop crying long enough to say anything. At least now she understood why people got PTSD. She knew without a doubt she'd be dreaming about hands ripping her into a hole by her hair. Shoo, get off her! Mum, what's happening? Vete in casa! Mrs. Padilla shouted. Nix flashed in and out of consciousness. Eventually her wits decided to make another go of it. Mrs. Padilla sat by Nix's side in the treehouse, one hand on Nix, the other holding a phone. Yes, I think the stretcher is a good idea, Mrs. Padilla said, just in case. Nix's brain wasn't working that great, so her perception of time was a bit wobbly. At some point, she was strapped to a stretcher and lowered down from the tree. Paramedics huddled around Mrs. Cherry, who was not looking too hot. 
Nix's opossum friends had done a number on the demon lady. At least she was still alive. It probably wasn't Mrs. Cherry's fault she was being controlled by evil spirits. Well, Nix, Mrs. Padilla said, this will be the second time an ambulance has taken you from our home. Maybe you should bring a first aid kit with you next time. Nix attempted to smile but failed. I think your treehouse is cursed. They were loading Nix into the ambulance when Crotty's voice cut through the medical jargon. What happened here? The details can wait, said one of the paramedics. She needs medical attention. It's okay, Nix croaked. It was very important they know Mrs. Cherry could not be trusted, at least not until she got evaluated by a priest or an exorcist. My foster mother kind of went crazy. I think she was trying to kill me. Um, she also got attacked by some raccoons. She wasn't about to have her gallant opossum friends get hunted down. Crotty barked something at one of the other medics, who explained the lady was barely conscious and losing a lot of blood. About that time, one of the EMTs pulled a dismembered finger from Nix's hair. Nice. That was definitely going in the PTSD dream as well. Excuse me, Nix said to the woman who had just put the finger in an ice chest. Can you actually drop me off at school? If we transport you anywhere, it has to be to the hospital. I'm actually doing pretty well. I mean, my head and neck hurt, but it doesn't feel broken or anything. And I really, really don't want to go back to the hospital. This month I've probably spent more time there than school. And I'm really behind in my studies. She was really sick of the hospital. But the real reason she had to be at school was that Jordan needed her help to save the cats. Animal control might be rounding them up at that very moment. Plus, she didn't want to wait a minute longer than she had to, to tell her friends about her race with the demon lady and the heroic opossums. Even if they had only decided the bloody lady looked like easier prey, she needed Jordan and Tiago's help to know what to do with Mrs. Cherry. I think it's best if we... Let me off this stretcher! Nick shouted, or hoarsely called in a higher pitch. You can't take me if I don't want you to! Let me out! The medic sighed and began to unhook all the wires and contraptions she'd attached. Mrs. Padilla must have overheard the conversation, because she told one of the paramedics she could take Nick's home or to school. Actually, we can force you, the EMT said, but I don't feel like fighting you the whole way. Let me at least change those filthy bandages. Your ear seems to be healing, but you're not ready to play rugby yet. Yes, that's what she was doing. Playing rugby at four in the morning by herself in a treehouse. Thanks for the ride, Nick said, careful not to fixate on the whizzing trees. Mrs. Padilla glanced in the rear view. I had to take Ozzy to school anyway. I'm sorry he wouldn't let you in. Oscar smiled sheepishly at Nick's. Now he knows he can let close friends in, but only if they're bleeding or being chased by something dangerous. Oscar laughed. Nick's forced a smile. She still wasn't feeling emotionally stable, but she sure as flip wasn't going back to the Cherry's house. I thought for sure you'd all be home. Nix tried not to make it sound like an accusation. My husband teaches a class for our church. Normally, my wonderful sons ride with him in the mornings, but we had a late start. Tiago wasn't even dressed by the time Alejandro had to go. Nix suddenly felt flushed. New topic. A religion class? At six in the morning? 5.30. Do they teach you how to deal with demons in that class? Mrs. Padilla laughed. 
but then must have seen Nix's spotty red face. I'm sorry, I thought, is there something we can help you with? She could stop talking about her son not being dressed, for starters. As for the demon stuff, well, the whole reason for walking miles up the hill was to get their expert religious opinion. Of course, Mrs. Padilla probably wouldn't believe it all, but maybe she'd still have hypothetical solutions to try. Does your church know how to get rid of bad spirits? Like exorcisms or something? Mrs. Padilla's eyebrows bunched. We have a few methods, I guess. You want to tell me what's going on? Nix glanced at Oscar. I don't want to scare Ozzy. Mrs. Padilla smiled. He doesn't scare. I wish he did. That's why we engage the child locks and drill safety procedure into him. He'd probably let a pack of stray dogs in the house, given the chance. Oscar chuckled in a you-have-no-idea sort of way. Nix, honey, Mrs. Padilla said. There's a brush in that compartment next to you, in case you wanted to... Nix looked at her reflection in the mirror. Holy mother of Satan. She looked more demonic than Mrs. Cherry had. While Nix brushed, very carefully, she explained. So, I don't know if you knew, but I've been staying at a foster home. My foster dad, Mr. Cherry, he's into all this black magic stuff. Anyway, he actually told me my future a couple times, but I'm thinking it's Mrs. Cherry who tells him what to say. She waited to see if Mrs. Padilla had a comment, then continued. Last night, or early this morning, I guess, I woke up and Mrs. Cherry was sitting on the floor in the corner. I saw Nix's throat seized as she relived that petrifying memory. She put down the brush and wiped her cheeks. It was like another lady was wrapped around her, and the other lady was the scariest woman I've ever seen in my life. I had the thought that if this thing had its way, every good person in the world would be murdered and every beautiful thing destroyed. Her face made me want to scream and cry and be on the other side of the world. Wow, said Mrs. Padilla. She came at me with a knife, but I ran outside. She followed me all the way up the hill. I was coming because Tiago had told me he believed in angels and stuff, so I thought you guys might know what to do. You think it might have been a demon or evil spirit or something? Mrs. Padilla breathed out slowly. That's a good question. It certainly doesn't sound normal. Maybe I can talk to Alejandro today and see what he thinks. You mean Leandro? No. Alejandro is Oscar's papa. And the love of mi vida. Okay, let me know, I guess, and we might want to tell someone at the hospital to be careful. If Mrs. Cherry gets feeling better, there's no telling what she might try. Do me a favor, Nix, and hold off on telling anyone else about the demon thing. Naturally, you can tell everyone she went kind of crazy and chased you up the hill. But I would hate for the story to get out about demons. These things have a way of spreading, and most won't believe the story. I think this course will be best until you can discuss it with your parents, and maybe my husband. I don't want you to have any problems around town or at school. I'll wait to tell anyone. And be careful, Nix. It seems like God has an important work for you. He brought you back to life, after all. And the adversary is always trying to stop God's work. The adversary? Nix asked. The devil! Oscar shouted, with an evil grin. Basically, he has like a billion followers that try to get you to do bad things, and they can take over people's brains and- Okay, Ozzy, let's not overwhelm Nix with your dramatic gospel insights. 
Jordan flipped his backpack onto the table in front of Nix. The resulting thump echoed off the book-lined walls. The library aide shot them a warning glance. The bespectacled man was obviously not used to being bombarded by students at such an early hour, and certainly wasn't going to put up with bag slamming. You can say it, Jordan said. I'm a genius. Congratulations, you found the library. I was referring to my ingenuity yesterday. I had a very productive night. Speaking of last night, why are you wearing the same clothes you wore yesterday? And your hair seems, I don't know, extreme? Also, I can see your entire foot through your shoe. If it had come from anyone but Jordan, she would have burst into sobs again. Listen, Jordan, I've got a dozen things to tell you. But first, I need to know. What did your dad find out about Agent Lip? Oh, he said he wasn't at that hospital. What? From across the library, someone cleared their throat. There are other hospitals, Nix. I can't explain everything right now, but we have got to tell your dad. Gary is either dead or in serious trouble. We need to call Homeland Security. Did you get any sleep last night? You're about to get sat on. Take a deep breath, Jordan said. Dad's in bed because he worked late. I'll bother him very soon. As for Homeland Security, we can find a number and call. But first, let me tell you what I've been trying to tell you for five minutes. Fine. Get ready to be wowzed. Nick sighed. Did you figure out who the last kid was? Jordan scooted his chair over to the computer. Even better. I set you up with an email account. Nix waited for the punchline, but Jordan sat there grinning. Don't you want to try it out? He asked. An email account? Nix tried to fathom where Jordan could be going with this. Not just any account. This one's special. Not only will it allow you to stay in touch with your exceptionally attractive friends while they're stuck in their room, it is also credible, professional, and completely untraceable. Are you going to tell me what all this is about, or do we have to play 20 questions? And before you answer, I might add class starts in nine minutes, and we still have to report a kidnapping. Check this out. His fingers flew nimbly over the keyboard, and a web page appeared. Woods Cross Police Department, Nick said, more confused than ever. This is their old site, Jordan explained. They switched webmasters a couple years ago. Now they can only use the server for storing data and such. With a few more clicks, Jordan opened an email account and moved back from the computer. Go ahead, write your note to the newspaper. I even got you their email address. I'm going to use your dad's account to write them? Won't they trace it back to us? First of all, I told you, it's completely untraceable. Unless you put your full name in your actual email address, it's impossible for them to find any information on you, because it doesn't store any. That's one of the reasons the department switched to a different system. Town employees would start new accounts and play jokes on each other. Then someone used it to send naughty emails to everyone in the system, and the department decided untraceable emails weren't such a good idea. They could still track IP addresses, but people would use coffee shops and stuff. Or libraries, Nix was beginning to understand. And let me guess, your dad was the old webmaster? Yeah, right. He doesn't know a USB port from a floppy disk. But since he was sergeant and the chief is even less computer savvy, my dad got an admin login. 
Officers would call us at random hours, day and night, because they forgot their info and needed my dad to fix everything. And since you're his personal Blackberry, the vast majority of the time, I was the one who looked up their usernames and reset their passwords. Then my dad got on the phone acting like he'd done all the hard work. I was glad when they switched systems, but it came in handy last night for sure. Why not use AOL or Yahoo? Can't you make fake email accounts with them? Yeah, but I was thinking, if you send an anonymous email to the paper making wild claims, they'll send it right to the junk folder. But, Jordan highlighted the email address at the top of the page, when they see where this one's coming from, they'll have to take you seriously. Nick sat down in front of the screen and read the email address, argus at wcpublicsafety.net. Nick's grinned. They'll think it came from someone at emergency services. Now do you think I'm a genius? You make Shakespeare look like an illiterate moron.